G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, Charles Newington is joining us. Charles is the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Uh, Charles, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Charles, a little bit of sadness from me today and no doubt from lots of listeners. It's your last official update with us today as the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Uh, In a few minutes, we'll get to introduce your successor. And uh, so uh, it is a bit of a day of sadness, isn't it? Uh, Yes, it is. It is. It's been a real privilege to be in this role. And uh, and talking to you and to the listeners uh, on a weekly basis has been part of that privilege. And I'm very thankful to people for listening in and taking an interest. It's been been wonderful for me. And I, I hope it has been for you. It has certainly been for me. Hey, we'll come back to this and we'll get you to be a part of an introduction of your successor, whose name is Greg Bonda, who will be joining us very shortly. But let's get into one of the issues that we've loved to talk about, and uh, not just for the sake of it being uh, an, a, a great issue to talk about, but as such an important issue that we've been talking about. There is some reporting this week around the debate about gender dysphoria among children and young teenagers as part of the culture wars. And uh, the culture wars uh, being identified as something that uh, swings one way and the other according to some of the big media companies, talking about Fairfax or Nine or Murdoch Presses. Uh, These are uh, big media companies and uh, they do take sides here, Charles. Uh, Yes, this was a a comment made by... uh a journalist of the Sydney Morning Herald, Farah Thomas, and she she just recognised, or he recognised that that um, that that Fairfax media tends to be on the left side of social issues, and uh, and the Murdoch Press tends to be on the the centre right side of these political issues, and that there's no love lost in, <laughs> in the differences of opinion expressed. And it's, it's, you know, I, I thought it was quite significant, nevertheless, that somebody on the left side was actually using the language of the culture wars and, uh, and characterizing social conservatives as, as the ones that are, um, heartless and, and, uh, and ignorant aggressors, uh, and, uh, and the people that are on the left side of politics are the white knights that are sympathetic, uh, uh, and full of, um, concern about the vulnerable. And, um, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's helpful to see ourselves through the eyes of, of others. <laughs> That's right. Hey, some of the reporting has come around Professor John Whitehall, who's been a guest on this program and talking through uh, these sorts of issues around gender dysphoria and uh, gender issues here. Uh, but uh, he's been right in the middle of this and uh, part of the topic of how these journalists have been responding in this culture war. Yes, well, once again, the, the, the Sydney Morning Herald dismissed um, uh, Professor Whitehall as somebody who doesn't work with children with dys, uh, dysphoria and so really is not a voice to be listened to. Um, and um, I, I noticed in a letter, he wrote an open letter to the, to the Minister of Health 
uh, a number of us were signatories. I was one of the signatories of it, and, and, and now it's up in the public domain. And uh, that letter mentions the fact that he was in a conversation not so long ago in 2016 because he's a professor of paediatrics. I mean, he's he's not a, a man of, of, of a little experience, 50 years' work in this area. And a great portion of that was uh, on the forefront of child abuse in Western Sydney. So he, he knows these issues. He's not just a, 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 you know, an ivory tower academic. And um, he was in a conversation with, uh, with 28 of his paediatric colleagues. Uh, and com- to, together, they had 931 cumulative years of practice in this field. And in that time, there were only 12 cases between them recalled of, uh, of gender dysphoria among uh, children and young adolescents. And uh, so, and 10 of those had, a, had an associated mental disorder and two were victims of prolonged sexual abuse. And so, um, you know, he, he'd had a lot of experience in that area, but this is what sometimes happens. You know, truth gets lost in, gets lost in, the, in, the, in the rush of ideology and the rush of, um, of passion. And so um, I just bring him to people's attention, Professor John Whitehall's work, and we'll be we'll be processing more of his material in our publications uh, in the time that lies ahead because um, it, it's his letter is just a, uh, it's a masterful statement of 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 the importance of of taking what's happening uh, the 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 rise of uh, of gender dysphoria among uh, among early teenagers in particular this has been absolutely remarkable from. From the, in 2003, there, there was a, one child every two years, classically, uh, and and uh, in 2017, um, in the in the one clinic uh, in in uh, in Melbourne, there were 253 children uh, being cared for, and across the country, 2,415 children and adolescents undergoing therapy. So it's 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 um it's become you know a rush, and by comparison. In any given year, there's 960 children and ad- adolescents that develop cancer. So just to give us one sort of, uh, you know, a measure, he's, he's sort of saying, look, you know, w- w- we take that very seriously as a, as a medical health issue. And he's saying uh, a, a, an issue of this size and magnitude nationally is something that really deserves the attention of government. So his 50 years of practice, and he says, no child was ever brought to me, uh, quoting him, with concerns of confusion in gender identity. All of a sudden, you've got this acceleration in these areas, and you've got government typically here siding with the left side of the culture war. Each side, uh, they're relying on their own academic uh, the the strongholds of academia who are arguing one side against another and uh, what appears to be happening is uh, the government uh, tending to go with what's on the left side here. Uh, this is where the culture war comes in, isn't it? Because uh, he said, she said, and uh, we've got to be able to identify what's truth in all of that, Charles. Yes, the culture war has to do with um, different uh, ideological views on fundamentals of culture things like what are the key institutions of culture and on the right side of of this uh, conflict uh, we would affirm that the family is absolutely fundamental and when we talk about the family we talk about the natural family and about the primacy of the relationship for instance between parents and children and that the state should not get between those um, the state's obviously uh, there in the event that that relationship's not working and, and uh, other institutions like the church and welfare agencies can't assist. 
there does need to be a final a final uh, uh, backstop uh, there but but all the focus should be upon strengthening the family and helping the family to operate whereas uh, on the other side of politics the tendency is to say well the, the family is a, as a, as an institution of the past it's 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 um, it's the thing about the family is that it's conservative and it's regressive and it's looking backwards and so we must minimize its influence and we must raise the influence of um, of enlightened progressive uh, voices in education, etc., to move future generations beyond the traditional models of of the family and institutions like the church. And Charles, so that's, people, that's the culture war. And of course, as Christians, we find ourselves in the battle because these big media organisations—they are all fighting for our attention, trying to persuade us one way or the other. And of course, as Christian believers, we try to put ourselves a little bit above the war. And uh, we say, what has God got to say in all of this? What's he got to say about, as you say, the primacy of the family? So uh, when people say, oh, you're Christian, I already know what you uh, stand for when you're talking through issues about gender dysphoria and gender issues. Well, of course, we're going to be standing on a godly position, aren't we? Yes, we are. Um, we're going to stand, you know, that traditionally what we uh, have done is we've recognized that for, as Christians we will stand upon the word of God is the final rule for faith and conduct, but it's not the only rule for faith and conduct. You know, we recognize that, for instance, what's called natural law, uh, the commonly held understanding of, of, of things that are obvious, like that the biological parents of a child should have primacy in the decisions made respecting that child. You know, you don't necessarily have to, to have the Bible in order to tell you that, that that's an obvious truth. And, uh, and, and that the natural relationships, biological relationships within a family, these things take precedent over other relationships. I mean, th- these are things, this is examples of natural law. And, um, and yet it's, this is the thing that, um, these, these, these conventions that have been in, in our culture, and not just ours, but for generations and generations, all of a sudden a generation has arisen that thinks that these things are no longer relevant and that, um, you know, ideology trumps biology. Well, there's an awful lot to talk about. Let's not talk some more about that today. And uh, no doubt we'll be monitoring all of these sorts of developments. And uh, your successor, Greg Bondar, is likely to be carrying some of that burden in some of the campaigns that Family Voice Australia has been running and some of the resources that you've been providing to help people think clearly through these issues. Uh, Let me just introduce into our conversation your successor, Greg Bondar. Greg, uh, welcome along. To 2020. Good morning, Neil, and thank you for the invitation. Well, Greg, uh, I thought, given that this was the uh, final official uh, presentation uh, from Charles today, it would be great to be able to include you in the conversation. So, at the same time, we can introduce you for listeners. And I wonder whether uh, you've got a, a few words to say about Charles and the the role that he's played over these past uh, couple of years. Be I think kind, it's been Greg. Be kind, <laughs> <laughs> but honest. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Neil. Look. Um, Without being gratuitous, Neil, I have to tell you that the work of a Christian in the public arena is really challenging. Um, Charles, in his two or three years that I've known him, uh, has been an absolute mentor to each and every one of us as state directors. You also have to realise, Neil, that Charles went through some great challenges in the last two years. He, he went through he went through the Israel Falau case, religious freedom abortion, euthanasia, gender dysphoria, and these are challenging times. 
when we as Christians need to go to the marketplace, to the to the to the to the public square, and let governments, businesses, and 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 people know that we are of a Christian faith. And Charles has been doing that so well. And I mean that, Charles, without being gratuitous. You have been a mentor to me, a spiritual guide for all of us at Family Voice. So, Charles, you'll be a great loss. And uh, I think, um, you know, you, you have provided the guidance that Family Voice Australia needs in times such as these. Hey, Charles, uh, I know that listeners will be, uh, you know, sometimes surprised uh, of the significance of an organisation like Family Voice Australia, uh, a 40-year history, and uh, there are state directors uh, around the the states around Australia, and I have uh, the joy and privilege of being connected with them, especially when there are times there are state-based issues and uh, in the lead-up to elections. uh, We've relied on some of your uh, fabulous uh, uh, lieutenants who have been in charge of those states, uh, just give us a little insight into into how the states work and uh, in your role as having been the national director, uh, how you've been able to work with them. Uh, yes, thank you. Well, uh, Family Voice has, it's a, it's a national organisation and it has state representatives, state directors. Actually, Greg is a state director for New South Wales. And uh, and Greg comes to us um, uh, 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 on this radio program because of his his years and years of experience in the political arena. And so when we looked around for the person who could handle public media um, with most experience, we kind of felt that Greg was the person that could pr- provide the principal leadership in that area. So while uh, someone else is coming in to take my role uh, in the uh, in the national directorship uh, um, in an interim fashion, that's uh, Peter Downey, uh, and Peter has been the, our national secretary for, for years and knows a family voice better than anybody in the organisation. I've got a lot of confidence in and recommend him to you. Uh, however, he he's not been working in this kind of um, what we might call on the front line in the way that Greg has, and so Greg just brings his experience into it and and you're going to find that um, that that he brings a lot of uh, experience and uh, and and uh, judgment good judgment to the issues that you'll discuss so there are other state directors uh, and uh, and my role as the national director has to be provide leadership to the whole organization and particularly in the in the national or federal arena whereas the the state directors focus upon their states more specifically so that's how it works, and um, um, yeah, it's been it's been a real privilege working with them. So it's been a great team. Well, I must say, from my position, been my privilege to have seen developments over the past decade. I've been hosting the 2020 program for more than 10 years now, and uh, it's only been a part of the 40-year history of Family Voice Australia, but one of those great Christian organisations uh, that is not only across the states, as we've been saying, but across generations, and having been an advocate for families and for Christian values, and as we've been talking about a culture war and things changing very dynamically so uh, important to have great spokespeople at the helm of organizations like family voice australia in my time uh, seeing the transitions from david and Roz phillips and uh, of course listeners will remember and those listening for a long time uh, the transition to ashley saunders uh, then to charles and uh, now on to uh, greg bonda who's going to be the spokesperson and you did mention that peter downey the new national director no doubt we'll get a chance to chat with peter sometime ourselves as well uh, but I want to say, especially 
Uh, thank you to Charles Newington. What great insights you've been able to bring to 2020. Have always appreciated that you've taken us uh, to a new level of depth in our understanding of how Christians think about the big issues facing the nation. And uh, I want to make a special welcome uh, to Greg Bondar and uh, look forward, Greg, to working with you over the uh, times ahead and uh, we'll get into some great topics no doubt and you'll be able to reflect on how those campaigns are progressing those campaigns that you run for Family Voice Australia uh, so thank Greg you. Bonda welcome along thank you Neil I appreciate the opportunity and I continue to um, support the work that you do to advance the kingdom of God Neil so thank you very much and uh, Charles, uh, thank you so much. Uh, let's hope this is not the last time we're talking and uh, you've got your own uh, plans ahead and no doubt uh, you'll move into some positions uh, in the times to come that uh, will give us an opportunity to connect again. So uh, Charles, thank you so much for being a part of 2020 and uh, and uh, we wish you well and ask God's richest blessing on uh, those things that you've got planned. Oh, thank you, Neil. It's been a real privilege. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.